I have a very special guest this week to share her story. Because of confidentiality, we're going to call her Jane. Her voice has been distorted to protect her identity. Since this is an open investigation here in the United States, Jane was sex trafficked at a young age. This is a very sensitive subject, so we want to make you aware that this is not intended for young children. Wham Safety. The Wham Safety Podcast with Wendy Jensen Nichols. Okay, so you asked me what advice I would give parents. First of all, lock your windows, lock your doors, don't take for granted anything. Second of all, you can't always be aware of everything, every second, every moment. You need to be involved with your kids to where they know what a healthy relationship is. They know what normal, safe adult treatment is so that they can see the difference and the dangers. My dad worked all the time. There were so many kids so fast and he's trying to get through school so he could make enough money to support the family. And then he'd come home, he's exhausted. And so I was lucky to get five minutes of FaceTime with him. Think about all that time of the whole child's day that they're not with their parent. And then the few minutes that they do get to see their parent, it needs to be quality time. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I just thought my dad didn't love me because the bad guys, they, that's what I call them because it's the easiest way to get it out and that's how it felt as a little kid. That's what they taught me. My uncle sometimes that nobody loves me like you do after he would do horrific things. They just taught you that love meant that I had to sacrifice at all costs. And if I didn't, then I didn't love people. And then you're going to church at the same time being told you're supposed to love people. But what I didn't understand as a child, and a child's not going to, they can't, is that it has to go both ways. And these people weren't making any sacrifices for me. All the children were the ones that were demanded the sacrifices be made by the kids. No questions asked. And had I had a strong, loving relationship with my father and my mother, I would have known. And that's the other thing. People think it's all men. It's not always all men. Women come in and are involved too. And my personal experience, it wasn't as often or as many women, but there were women that would come through there and they would help to traffic the children. There was a woman that would come sometimes. I remember having my teeth checked as I'm unconscious on the ground. Well, I'm not unconscious, but I'm incapacitated there. That's the word I wanted. I'm incapacitated on the ground along with several other children and she's checking all the kids' teeth. And she tells them, you're giving this one too much candy. A hooker with no teeth doesn't make me any money. So she's planning for these kids when they outgrow, when they get into puberty and they become men and women and they outgrow the clientele that likes children for them to be prostituted as teenagers and adults. It happened till my dad lost his job and we moved across the country. I was between eight and nine when we moved. And so there was a full six years of heavy duty being in a concentration camp, just trafficking. I can't imagine for the life of me what it would have been like had we not moved. What would have happened to us had we not moved? Would all my brothers and sisters be alive today? Would one of us had a pregnancy from someone we don't even know who they are? as a 13 or 14 year old and been punished and treated like an outcast thinking that we had sex with some boy at school and we didn't would we have gotten in drugs 
I don't know. And it horrifies me to think about that. This is obviously a very unpleasant and uncomfortable experience. So it's important to me to share why do I even want to tell this? Because I do not want the attention. I learned attention was, and that's been a hard thing for me to succeed at work and in business because attention for me as a little kid meant you're it tonight and you're the one that's going to get hurt for sure and you're the one that might die. And so that's really impeded my ability to be successful in the business world and I've had a lot of fear. I've had to literally go and do counseling and brain spotting sessions so I can make a business achievement because of all this stuff in the backdrop that nobody knows about and nobody understands that makes me afraid of being in the spotlight. And I can understand it, but it doesn't make it better. I still have all the feelings. But if sacrificing my comfort can save even one child to make up for the ones that didn't make it, then that's what I have to do. And I wish to God I was crazy. I wish to God I was lying and making stuff up and I had a good reason to, (laughs) but I don't. And unfortunately, I'm not crazy. <laughs> and um, somewhere out there right now, some little kid is praying and hoping to God that someone can tell them what's wrong and help them to feel safe again. And that's I want you guys to understand how it goes down. It's not like you think. It's right around the corner. It's down the street. And sometimes it's in your own very own backyard and down the hall. And we totally believe you, Jane, and appreciate you sharing this horrendous story with us today. Speaking of that it's happening in your own backyard, what are some of the things that they had you guys even do to help them get other kids to take so that they could abuse them as well? Well, it's interesting that you would say that because I think even myself hearing stuff on the news or you see the child missing, you picture some big scary guy going and snatching up this kid and that happens sometimes, but that's not the easiest way. That's not the smartest way. That's not the most common way. And the bad guys are telling each other so that they can get better at it. So you may as well know too, they send the kids and they wanted to make me go to the park and I was supposed to get some little kid to play with me and bring him back to the car. And I hated that job. I did not want that job. And thankfully, I was pretty smart and I knew I couldn't say I didn't want to do the job. I saw what happened to kids when they said they didn't want to do the job, okay? They got the snot beat out of them. They got gang raped. They got everything you could imagine to punish that kid to let them know that they had to do the job. So I would go out and talk to the kids, but I would say nice things and I would leave and I would pretend that I was no good at it. I would pretend that I couldn't get the kid to come so that they just stopped asking me to do it. There was a little girl across the street that was not so lucky. She wasn't as bright. She had a harder time. And anytime I'd gone over to play at her house on a normal day, I never saw her parents around, so I don't know what her deal was with her family, but she did not have, from what I saw, the adults in her life to protect her and to be involved with her as well. They sent her, so I was at the park playing one day. My uncle was around, so I knew something was going down, and he was kind of pretending to be watching me, but he was also surveying the park, so he was like the point man. And I saw the car pull up 
and it's one of the main cars that would be at the camps and stuff classic tinted windows and it pulled up just barely out of sight there's some bushes and there was a building up ahead he pulled up just out of sight so you can't see the cars nondescript it's kind of hiding i could barely see the tail end of the bumper and then brenda pops out around the corner and i'm like it's the car and it's going down right now my uncle just gave me this look where i know don't do anything and i have been watching this woman sitting on a bench on the other side of the playground from me so i'm over by this tree and then there's uh, the sand and the play equipment and then on the other side there was a little bench and she was sitting there reading and a little boy kept coming up to her going look mom look what i did and i'm so big and i'm so strong you know kids do that at that age when they need attention she would go oh yeah look at that and the love she had beaming off her face for him it just caught me and i was just glued to it because it was so beautiful and i wanted that love and it was so hard to connect with my mom because she was always sick and in bed or upset or with all the kids and her own personal health and mental conditions and so it was fascinating to me and i was just glued to it and then brenda came in and next thing i know she's talking to that little boy the little boy had just said something the mom had acknowledged him she looked back at her paper brenda talked to him he left along with another smaller child they went around the corner and the car drove off and then she momentarily had a couple minutes had looked up because she realized it was too long since he had checked in with her and he checked in all the time so that's why she thought she could read i'm sure and she called him and there was no answer and she's jumped up out of the chair and her purse is like swinging wildly on her shoulder and her hair is flying and she's freaking out calling 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 him he's gone he's gone and i was thinking it's gonna suck for him he's gonna get hurt and you know it's all horrible but i wasn't thinking he was gonna die what i understand as an adult now is that because his parent was there he had to die because if they found him or if they just dropped him back off later they were going to grill him like heck because everybody knew he was missing everybody knew he was missing so it was a few days later i was playing with my sister normal day middle of the day we were trying to find dandelions and counting clovers when we couldn't find a dandelion we got a clover <laughs> and she was really young this was not the one next in age the one younger than that and we had trash days we had burning barrels and people would put their trash sometimes they put plastic over it sometimes it'd be in the barrel you know whatever they were going to do on the burn day and it always stunk nobody went by it because it's garbage it's gross well there was a burning barrel and there was um a black uh, black plastic and I could see under the edge of the plastic every now and then the plastic if there was a little breeze or something there would be a little flutter but I could see under the edge of the plastic what looked like the side of a baby doll hand but it looked weird like that's a weird baby doll hand it's not the right size it's not quite the right color it's like and I was just glued on it and so I went over and I lifted up the plastic and there was the two little kids from the park so I put the plastic down and my little sister's like what's going on <laughs> she didn't say that but that's her look on her face that's like she's really and i just went back to playing the game oh look there's another flower and got her away from there as soon as i could you know there's other things that happened in relation to that story down the road but you have to be with your kids
Now, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Two months ago, I go to the park with a family member's six-year-old child. And there's all these kids there. There's way more kids than parents. There's way more kids than parents. So here we are, however many years later, people are still sending their kids to the park without their parents, without somebody to watch them. You can't do that. You cannot do that. These people that have this fascination and this affinity for children, and it's not just for children. What makes the entire world go around? Money. Any crime that there ever is, how do you find out who did what? Follow the money. They make bank on these children. So it is not just about sex. They make bank on these children. And they will do whatever it takes. And just like you researched to how to get better in your career, or you went on a certificate or a degree, they go and figure out how can I get closer to these kids? How can I be more successful at making more money at what I do because it pays so well? So you cannot take for granted that this doesn't happen or that doesn't happen. Because even if they just want the money and you don't think about, oh, it's not about evil. It's evil. Don't get me wrong. There is nothing more evil than hurting an innocent child or an animal. But they want the money. So even if you didn't believe in demons and devils and God, everyone knows about money. <laughs> they will do whatever they have to do to get the money. And that money is your child. And you're right, because that is a multi-billion dollar industry, unfortunately. And so that's why I think it's so important that we share these stories because I think it's the dirty secrets that we don't ever talk about. And a lot of times people live in a bubble and don't wanna believe that these things are truly happening out there. And that's why we have to talk and share because those individuals are doing that and we need to do the same thing. Nobody wants to believe it, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. Why would you wanna believe it? I wanna live in the bubble and I'm trying my darndest to make and create and have my own bubble at this point. But even in our bubble, in order for everybody to have that, we gotta protect these kids. These are our future. I feel like I'm doing okay, I'm a good citizen or whatever, but how many of the ones that ended up falling into drugs and this is how they're functioning as adults. And even as an adult, this has been challenging for me and it has affected everything I have to do, everything. How do you think that the importance of pulling together as a community, that this will help maybe make a difference? It does take a community to raise a child. It really does. Everyone can't be everything to everyone all the time. And so, like I said, having those healthy relationships with children to help them know, to recognize when to run away and when it's not normal and you don't have to take it. I thought I had to take it. I thought it was normal. If I had a recognized and known and had a contrast to tell me that this is not okay, it would have been easier to me to run away and find somebody that I thought was safe. There was two cops that would come and get paid off. And so your parents tell you that, you know, if you're lost or whatever, go find a policeman. But inside I'm going, hell no, I'm not going to go find a policeman because these guys that I'm afraid for my life with hate policemen and they hate having to pay these two policemen off and they pay these two policemen off with money that these kids earned with their blood and sweat and tears that they don't deserve. None of them deserve it. So you have to live with integrity, but it takes all of us doing that and living with integrity. It takes the victims being able to accept victims 
telling, hey, this is wrong and telling their story without having to feel shame for it because they didn't do anything wrong so that we can be aware and we can keep them protected. If a kid can tell you to whatever their understanding is that something's wrong, that you an adult can recognize it, you can intervene. But they don't know if we don't work as a community to create a safe space for them. Absolutely. And I think there's some great resources out there now. The Exploited and Missing Children is a great resource that if you ever do have this type of an experience or you think that might be happening to a friend, a neighbor, a family member, you can reach out to them. Their contact information is out there online. Another great resource also is Lauren's Kids. We've partnered with them. They're an incredible resource to get information, how to talk to your kids, how to let them know that these things are out there and it's kid appropriate based on their ages so that you can help educate them so that if something ever comes about that they are aware of what to do and how to act and who to notify so that they feel comfortable and safe and so there's some great resources and we'll share them on our wamsafety.com page so you can get to that information also similar to you some of the resources that you've gone through like the counseling that's available throughout the entire country that you can reach out to and I'll put that information on my web page as well also there's many different aspects of that so besides the trying to not have ego and if you see a therapy or something to help you and it looks like it's not going to hurt you try it what a lot of people don't understand is physical fitness is huge and really important for recovery and the reason why is not really apparent on the forefront this is so painful that a lot of people get disconnected from parts of themselves and they are afraid and uncomfortable in their own body they shut down and don't look at parts of their own body and as we're learning about trauma trauma can be stored throughout the entire body and so exercise helps them to regain that connection with their body instead of living in parts to live as a whole and to be able to reconnect with their body in a way that feels safe and that feels rewarding and it helps them to feel stronger which also contributes to them feeling safe besides the fact that they're not getting hurt while they're experiencing being in their body but some of these people have such a hard time with the pain from the experience of being in their body that they have more health problems sometimes they actually have to split parts of how they feel or their personality or they don't recognize when they have a health condition until it's too bad because of the inability to be in their body in a safe way because of what they experienced. So it's another thing about fitness that nobody even thinks about. And I really think that that was one of the things that has helped me tremendously to not end up in a bunch of drugs and sometimes it was really hard to be able to go through things emotionally but if i could literally work it out i could get through that i was able to heal faster and more effectively than other survivors that i saw around me that were trying to use antidepressants or anything they could to get away from it without being in their body in a way that was safe and made them feel good those are excellent tools and resources. Thank you so much, Jane. And some other resources and tools that you can find out on our webpage, you can look at getting counseling, 
brainspotting.com. There's some great horse therapy as well as some emotional support animal clinics around the country that you can go to as well. So be sure to check out that page for additional information. And again, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Jane. Take care. Wham Safety. The Wham Safety Podcast with Wendy Jensen Nichols. Wham. Wham Safety.